0: Hey there listeners, this is Stuart Carlton, host of Teach Me About the Great Lakes, and assistant director of Illinois-Indiana Sea Grant. And this is my typical pre, uh, pre-show disclaimer. This is the part of the show, it happens every couple of episodes, in which I say all of the things that I meant to say during the show, but even under the best of circumstances, I'm not exactly a uh, uh, shining tower of competence, and, and this is not the best of circumstances right now. And so, sometimes I forget. And uh, so, here's, I think, what is an important little pre-show message. I'm recording this now from the home office uh, as we are practicing social distancing at Sea Grant to try to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. It reminds me a lot. I grew up in New Orleans and spent a lot of my life in the Gulf South and dodged a lot of hurricanes. Um, And uh, it reminds me, down there we call it hunkering down. And so right here we're hunkered down. but This is like a long-term version of that. And it's a lot of the same feelings. And these feelings are hard. I'm not going to lie. And then it's also hard because much like with hurricanes, you see people – practicing, you know, different levels of concern, I guess I would say. You know, some people are on spring break, partying at the beach. Other people are really worried. And, and you know, that's, that's hard to deal with mentally. Uh, but we thought there was a story here. The Teach Me About the Great Lakes team, I uh, thought there was a story about going outside and how important it is, but how to do so safely. And we weren't sure, so we wanted to consult an expert. And that's why we got today's guest, uh, who's an epidemiologist. He's the head of epidemiology, excuse me, at the School of Public Health at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And so we're going to talk a lot in this show about going outside and when it's healthy, when it's safe, under what circumstances it's healthy and safe. I want to be clear, though, if, you know, if you're in a place where you're ordered to stay inside, uh, then you should do that, right? Uh, you should follow the local guidance. But not everybody is at all times. And even if uh, you're supposed to stay at or near home, there may still be chances to get outside. And so we wanted to talk that through and think about that. So, of course, listen to local authorities. But within the confines or within the constraints, rather, that we have on us, what can we do? Uh, That's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. But this is kind of a a different show, right, Um, than normal. One of the fundamental principles of this show, really one of the fundamental principles of my life, is that we can use silliness and fun to enrich both our learning and our just lived experience. And I still think this is true. But we're recording this episode right now. It's a time of a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty in terms of what the pandemic is going to look like. By the time this show gets released, you know, what is the world going to look like? I don't know. If you're listening to this show in two weeks, it's not clear what's going to happen. And and so uh, we wanted to be cautious, right? Uh, I mean, uh, for example, I'm recording this disclaimer on a Friday afternoon. uh, And as I'm doing it, the state of Illinois just released a stay-at-home order matching several states out there in our listening area. And so... All of which is to say this episode is going to be a little bit light on shenanigans, right? It, it didn't seem appropriate to have goofy theme music, you know, my typical moronic interludes or goofy questions about sandwiches. This just isn't the episode for that. If you miss that stuff, I know I do. Don't worry. We'll be back. In fact, right now we're planning a, what I'll call a shenanigan-heavy episode for a couple weeks, couple months from now. Uh, stay tuned to teachmeaboutthegreatlakes.com for that. Um, but in the meantime, this is a show we have here, and uh, thanks for listening, and here it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Teach Me About the Great Lakes, a uh, show in which I'm supposed to get people who are smarter and harder working than I am to teach me all about the Great Lakes. Uh, this time, though, it's a special bonus episode in which I get somebody who's smarter and harder working than I am to teach me all about uh, coronavirus and COVID-19. I'm joined, as always, by Hope Charters, Illinois-Indiana Sea Grant Communication Coordinator. Hope, how are you doing?
1: I am trying not to go crazy sitting all alone at home,
0: <laughs> just like yeah. everybody else. Yeah, I'm now one week into – no, four days, let's be clear, into working uh, from home in the home office. And I'm lucky. I have a whole room set aside that we can use for it. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife uh, is taking care of the kids, but it's, it's a lot. Um, it is a lot. And that's actually part of why we're doing today's episode. So we thought, you know, with people being asked or required – uh, to, to stay at home, uh, it's really easy to, um, go stir crazy and it's really hard on your mental and your physical health. And, and so one thing that people turn to a lot is, uh, exercise, right? And, uh, trying to go outside, be in the outdoors, whether it's hiking or boating or canoeing or, uh, just taking a walk or a bike ride or something like that. But, but, is that even safe right now? Uh, is that something we can do? How do we balance all of these things? And and I think these are important questions to talk about, but I don't have the context to answer them. And so we uh, invited Dr. Ron Herschel, who's uh, the director of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at the University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, their School of Public Health. And we thought we'd get him to ask us about some of this. And so uh, shall we bring him on, Hope? Yes, I'm so excited to hear more about coronavirus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually excited. I don't know if I (laughs) sounded excited, but I am legitimately excited.
0: (laughs) Well, let's just bring them on and we'll go from there. And we're joined today by Dr. Ron Hershaw, the Director of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at the University of Illinois' Chicago School of Public Health. Dr. Hershaw, thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation.
0: You're welcome. This is a really crazy time, right? Um, uh, not our normal circumstances for recording a show. So what is life like right now for uh, someone who works as an epidemiology, uh, an epidemiologist who works in epidemiology?
2: Well, um it's really hectic. I mean, I'm an epidemiologist who works at at a school of public health and uh now our students uh you know are uh um obtaining well they're actually now on spring break, but soon they'll be obtaining their education through uh purely e-learning strategies, which begs the question of how do we transition to those e-learning strategies and and I'm grappling with those issues at the same time that I'm trying to grapple with this COVID-19 situation, and uh, we as a school of public health have asked ourselves, what are the best ways we can help um, in in the middle of this uh, uh, health crisis? And we're doing a variety of things. We've put together a, a, a list of interested students and faculty, uh, sort of a Gigundo uh, spreadsheet with this list of names and contact information and areas of expertise. And then we're getting a lot of uh, requests from entities like local health departments, the Illinois Department of Public Health, uh, Chicago Department of Public Health. And we have a system, sort of a ticketing system where people are, are uh, sent requests from different departments and they have to declare very quickly whether they can take this on and whether they can turn it on, turn it around rather very quickly.
0: So are these requests of like, uh, you know, uh, they need help making decisions on whether to stay open or or what kind of requests are people sending you?
2: Um, not so much like that. Like I was up late last night, for example, because somebody at Illinois Department of Public Health asked me to develop or asked us to develop a study design uh, to study child transmission of COVID-19. And uh, so I was uh, sort of up late, uh, researching that and developing a design that might work, uh, cost-effective practical design, and managed to get it mailed by about 12.30 in the morning. Um, So that's that's sort of uh, a good example, I think, of an ask. And um, uh, sometimes we get sent papers by the health department saying, I don't have time to read this. Can you read it and um, send me a pithy bulleted summary of what it says? Those kinds of things, uh, our students are being asked to do literature reviews, to do outreach in our communities, uh, to various vulnerable populations. Uh, Those are just a smattering of the kinds of things that are coming across uh, our desks. Um, Holy cow.
0: So it's really like an all-hands-on-deck emergency epidemiology situation.
2: It is. It's pretty much nonstop. And, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm just at my keyboard all day. Um, I am working at home now, so um, I uh, don't really have a home office. So <laughs> if you look at the background, uh, if you're seeing my image, you'll see m- this is my daughter's bedroom, my old old bedroom. She's now uh, – I'm now an empty nester, but her old soccer jersey is hanging from the wall. And I don't know. It's just not a bad place to work. <laughs> I'm like not tailor-made you know, for the
0: job. <laughs> So today we want to talk. So, uh, you know, I work for Sea Grant and we're out of Purdue and every coastal and Great Lakes state has a Sea Grant program. And a lot of our, uh, stakeholders and a lot of listeners to this show are really into like outdoors and, you know, derive a lot of benefit from going outdoors. But this is a tricky time for that, uh, because of social distancing and, and, and things like that. So, uh, I'd like to talk about the trade-offs, if even trade-offs is the right way to think about it. But first I want to, I need some definitions to make sure we're all, we're all on the same page. So right now we're saying that we're supposed to do social distancing. What what is social distancing exactly?
2: Uh social distancing is um basically avoiding crowded places. Um, sometimes social distancing has been imposed on us uh, in many juris- jurisdictions it has. Uh think of um bar closings, restaurant closings, like I said my school is closed as are many other universities and graduate programs, uh, in Chicago, our K through 12, uh, schools are closed as well. And, um, so, um, that, you know, means many of us are at home, uh, and, uh, living our lives, uh, sort of sequestered in our homes. And, you know, some places have even gone to full lockdown. Um, I think that may be coming, um, uh, to jurisdictions, but it's currently in place in, in the Bay Area, out in California. Um, but many of us are sort of already locked down in a sense that we're, we're, we're like I said, we really are hunkering down at home and um, we do go out to do things that are essential, like food shopping, going to pharmacies, going to banks. Sometimes they stay open, but um, whenever possible, we have Canceled big gatherings, and in fact, many people have gone one step uh further and even uh, canceled small gatherings I think um in making those kinds of decisions you know i I think it's particularly important that we uh remain aware that this epidemic is particularly tough on the elderly, so if uh gatherings include elderly people, it might be best to put those off now, having said all that it's you know very isolating it's, it it it's it's sort of uh, sort of strange to me that at, at the time that we're all pulling together to combat this virus that we're being told to distance ourselves from each other there seems to be a sort of an irony in that in that um um conception uh, but um it is something that i see as a civic responsibility to adhere to these rules and I think of particular importance is the rule about not going out if you have a respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I think it depends on whether you're a half empty or a half full person, whether you think things are working well, whether people are adhering. Here in Chicago, we, um, over the recent weekend, uh, there was a lot of revelry over the uh, St. Patrick's Day celebrations and so forth. And I think that in no small part entered, uh, uh, Governor Pritzker's decision to close bars and restaurants when he saw that happening. So, um,
1: yeah, I think the rest of us were shocked to see that so many people were celebrating and out at the bars also. It doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's not surprising. I mean, you tell college kids to go out of out of college, and you shouldn't be that surprised that they congregate in bars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. but, That's
1: true. <laughs> but,
2: but, you know, we have to change our sensibility, our our ways of approaching everyday life for the next uh, few weeks, oh. probably months. Um, and I think the greater success we have in doing that, the better success we'll have at decreasing the impact of this virus and keeping our health systems uh, open and not overwhelmed.
0: So when we think about social distancing uh and staying away I've heard this guideline of like 6 feet is that kind of a rough guideline for how far you should be from other people um is that is that kind of roughly right or is there some other guideline that we should
2: It's roughly right um uh there has been some recent data that suggests that this virus may not fully observe the 6 foot rule that that it can be truly what we call aeros- be, be aerosolized, um, and that there's there's some evidence to support that it can travel further than six feet. But in general, we think that this is an infection that's spread by what we call respiratory droplets—the kinds of things that emanate uh, from you know from your body when you cough or talk vociferously or even unvociferously, <laughs> um, and uh, or certainly when you laugh, um, you expel air too. Um, and the thing about these droplets is they have a coating of moisture around them that makes them heavier than air. So within six feet, they sink to the ground and, and once they're on the ground, they really can't hurt, hurt you. Um, uh, so that's where the six foot rule comes from. Uh, and, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's part of this. Uh, I would say that, um, when you're outside and you said, many of your viewers are into outdoor activities that um, that this virus becomes far less transmissible than it does in, in in sort of built environments or closed ventilation systems. Um, So um, uh, walking once, if you were to cough outside, it quickly gets diluted by all that wonderful air in the forest that you're walking through. So I think um, I, I guess in my mind that, one of the safest and healthiest things people can do now is go out and take a hike or a walk or, or even a bike ride or, or a run. I'm a runner. So that's, that's, if I had to give that up and, and put up with, with what's going on, right. (laughs)
0: Right? Well, that's what I'm really concerned about, right? That's just the exact concern is that, um, yeah, we're putting somebody through something that's really stressful and really mentally challenging. And at the same time, they're having to take away the things that they use to cope, whether it's super healthy things like exercising or things of more questionable health, like going to bars with friends, um, which is probably healthy for a couple hours and then gets less so. Uh, but, but my work, you know, it, it is a concern. But so, so you're saying that overall, going outside is probably, well, when you're outside, the transmission risk is lessened than it is when you're inside with shared air environments and recirculating ACs and that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, if you obey the rule of not doing those activities when you're feeling sick and couple that with that wonderful dilutional effect of being out in the open air, dilution means if you were to cough that, that those droplets are quickly diluted by all the air that's streaming by while you're running. Um, you know, I, or walking or whatever. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I I would not lump, um, the prohibition, uh, about bars in with the, with anything having to do with outdoor activities. To me, outdoor activities are one of the safest things that we can do in the era of COVID-19.
0: That makes me really happy to hear.
1: What happens when lots of people start doing that because like my husband and I went for a walk at our local state park the other night and we did pass a few people on the path and paths aren't very, you know, wide. And so we did not adhere to the six foot distance rule. Um, But then what happens when people get so bored staying at home that even if they're not outdoorsy people, normally they start going outdoors. And so then everybody is at the parks. Is that yeah. safe then?
2: Yeah. Those Johnny come lately's to the exercise one. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, I think you got to live your life to some extent and you, you got to stay healthy. And um, so I, you know, in, in, in my mind, it would be wrongheaded and sort of crazy to constrain your activities outdoor right now, uh, because of, of this situation. Um, like I said, if you're sick, you shouldn't be with other people. You should be hunkered down at home, but if you're feeling well, uh, then I would say, uh, you know, go for it. Now, does that mean that you won't pass the occasional person who seems to have a red nose and a drippy nose? And, you know, I think that's wrong. You know, if you're, if you're, even if you have a mild cold, you should not be out right now. That messaging has to get out there. Uh, you really have to remove yourself from, from contact, but if you're feeling well and you're out in the open air, I would not drive yourself crazy by jumping into a bush. Every time you see somebody within six foot of you, <laughs> you know, That's uh, good. I, mean, huh? I really, uh, would very strongly argue against
0: that. So, what about? I'm. I'm. This makes me so happy to hear, uh, especially because I have three kids at home, and if we don't get outside soon, something's going to give. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, with um, what about like stopping off? Like, we want to go fishing, or you know, I need a new pair of boots, so I want to go to REI or whatever. Like, should we hold off on those activities for now? Is it safe to like pop into the bait store and pop out, or or what? What is your opinion on that?
2: Well. I think uh, when you pop into the bait store, um, you know, try to go in at a less busy time, if such a thing exists at bait stores. I think they right. may be breaking down the doors to get into those worms and everything. But um, I, I would say, you know, try to time yourself so that, that you're not going to very crowded environments. Um, so um, that that might be prudent. I also think that hand-washing really, really works. And when you come out of a place like that, uh, where you perhaps have touched cans or environmental surfaces, I think whip out your trusty Purell and and, and wash your hands. In fact, I think... um, Everyone should have Purell. I realize that that's <sighs>
0: easier said than done. Right? right.
2: And it's glib, given that it's hard to come by these days. But if you can find it, I was
1: right. going to say, have you been to the grocery store recently? <laughs> I yeah, totally, no, no,
2: no, have. I have, and um, and I, I hear you. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. But you know, I think um, you know, and and if you're fishing with somebody uh, in a canoe, it's hard to maintain. Maybe six feet. I. You know, it yeah. depends on the canoe, I guess. But, um, but you know, try whenever possible to be sensible about that kind of thing. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't drive myself crazy over it at this point. If you're out in the open air um, and you're not coughing and you're not sick uh, and you don't have a cold, then I th- I think, you know, um, to go um, into some draconian social sh- shutdown at this point of, in time will will uh, do more harm than good. Yeah.
1: So should these mostly be um, solo outdoor activities then, or whoever you're quarantining yourself with just that little group, or can you meet up with people?
2: I think you can meet up with running groups and maybe you want to not huddle uh, around maybe um, like you might've previously, uh, you know, um, um, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think this is the time to pass the canteen over to your buddy and have him take a swig and then you take a swig. I think you know individualizing that kind of equipment and and stuff makes sense at, at this point in time. I, I basically, I guess, what I'm arguing for is common sense. Yeah, you know, and and I I think everyone is smart enough to figure that out with me without me spouting off about it. <laughs>
1: Uh, There are many people, though, who still don't understand, I guess, the severity of the situation um, and are kind of making fun of people, especially like just people who are, you know, self-quarantining and before work closed and everything. We had somebody come up to us and say, you know what, I just don't think this is right. Like, we should still be able to go everywhere. (laughs) So I think that common sense makes sense, but like a lot of people might not have common sense.
2: No, it, it is very hard to change the ethos of the American people or any people for that matter, since this is a global, global issue. Um, I think we're, we all have to be sort of in the business of consciousness raising about this. And, you know, I, I'm um, like to think that I'm an optimistic person and, and I am optimistic even about this situation but i you know I try to be realistic as well in in my approach to it and what I recommend for others um so um you know i think uh uh you gotta call b s when you see it you know if, like i've i've got, you know I've talked to people that I see who have those cold symptoms, and I'm saying, you know you really you should be at home you know there' yeah. in the middle of an epidemic here and Probably your cold is not caused by COVID-19, but there's, there's, we're in the point now in this epidemic where it might be, you know, and and you're putting potentially people at risk. And I'm glad you feel that your illness is mild enough to walk around with it, but you know that same virus that's giving you this disease might might have a much more adverse effect on on an elderly person who catches it. So. You know, it's it's not right for you to be on the L, and it's not right for you to you know to be traveling around. Um, yeah.
0: So, so yeah how does how does this end? Like that's what I keep coming back to is how does how does in your opinion like how how does this end? Well, um,
2: it ends happily, I hope. <laughs> 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 and I think it ends um, like most epidemics end because the virus isn't unable to find susceptible people to spread through. Uh, That can be because we are obeying these social distancing rules and, and people who are infected can't find somebody to pass it to uh, easily that they are obeying these rules and staying at home when they're sick. And of course we, you know, nothing is perfect. We're hearing that even at times asymptomatic or very mildly symptomatic people can pass the uh, infection on I would argue that everyone with even mild symptoms, as I've said before, should stay at home, but you can't very well blame the asymptomatic, those without any symptoms at all for going on. So I heard somebody, I think at the CDC say, we're at the point in this epidemic now where we have to think that almost anyone we pass on the street might be carrying uh, COVID-19. And that's the reason for avoiding crowded places um, and trying to maintain these distances. Again, um, you know, um is 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 it is it all perfect? No, and and I think uh you can you can try to adhere to these so perfectly that it becomes almost to a fault. Yeah. Um and I'm arguing for a, a reasoned approach. The other thing about it is if you are that draconian in it, um then, then you're gonna burn out on that. It's unsustainable. This is gonna be a bit of a marathon. It's not a it's It's not something we you know that we can do for three days and then forget about it, so pace yourself a little right, way, you know that's my big
0: concern- i mean this i I think there's so much we don't know in terms of data or whatever, but this could be months and months and months uh potentially really really long and and so uh we gotta find ways to keep our physical and mental health and i that's that's why we're so interested I think in the outdoors,
2: yeah, well, yeah, I totally agree, and um well. Hope. Yeah, I'll just be repeating myself. <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: So is there, uh, well, we'll uh, wrap up with, with two questions, I think. And we appreciate your time. I know this is a very crazy time for you. But so we, we talked about how kind of bleak it was. Is there anything in this situation that does give you hope that you've seen? Um,
2: yeah. I, like I said, I am an optimistic person. And what gives me hope is the quality of leadership um, that we're seeing at the health department level. Um, and, uh, at, even at the government level, um, uh, all these bills that are being passed to sort of provide relief for workers who have to be, uh, home quarantining for a period of 14 days, all these things that are being done, uh, to enable society to weather this, this challenge, I think are heartening. Uh, I live in, you know, Illinois and, and, um, you know, in Chicago and uh, Illinois Department of Public Health, Chicago and Department of Public Health, and uh, Cook County Department of Public Health, I'm awed by the leadership that's being exhibited by our commissioners of health, and and uh, the leadership that's being shown by Governor uh, Pritzker and and Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, and um, you know, so that that definitely gives me hope and. And I also take some solace in the idea, or in the observation that people are really being pretty kind about this. Um, maybe you'll run into some people who are uh, outraged at, at being constrained in, by these rules, these new rules that we're living under. Um, but for the most part, people are really helping each other. And, and I think the one point I would make is that in we really have to fight against um, social isolation in a sensible way. And I think one happy coincidence in COVID-19 in 2020 is that we do have technological means of staying in touch. Yeah. So if you can't go to your elderly parents and visit, you can maybe Skype with them or certainly call them or... Um, check in with them frequently. And and I think that's what I find myself doing is um, my, this morning, my daughter and her husband sent an invitation to a virtual get together. You know, this evening, we're going to all join together online and, you know, just talk to each other um, it's, is it as nice as being together? No, <laughs> you no, know, but it's pretty nice. You know, Yeah, Uh, yeah. uh made me proud that my daughter and, and my great son-in-law came up with that idea.
1: Wonderful. That's awesome. One of my best friends, her daughter is about to turn nine. And instead of having a normal ninth birthday party, we're going to do a virtual like Google hangout and everybody is going to hop on and say happy birthday to her.
2: Well, <laughs> uh, bravo for you or bravo. Yeah. To you. <laughs> So you know that that's awesome. I mean, I, I think that's what gives me hope in this situation. And and you know, I, I I think we have to see it as something we're all in together, and that these rules are not being imposed on us. They're they're something that we must engage with because we care about each other.
0: Well, I can't think of a better place than to end then right there. So uh, Dr. Ron Herschel from uh, the University of Illinois Chicago School of Public Health thank you so much for appearing on Teach Me About the Great Lakes.
2: Yeah and I hope I see you out there on the running paths you know yeah. uh, <laughs> a, a, a safe distance I'll definitely weigh. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, thanks a lot to Ron for that interview. And I, uh, you know, I found it to be somewhat hopeful, I think. Is that fair to say? Yeah.
1: I was expecting him to say, uh, maybe don't go out, you know, don't go beyond your neighborhood, Um, just to spread it beyond like its boundaries, you know. But he was very uh pro outdoorsy stuff. So that was nice.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, back in grad school, I haven't really studied this, but a lot of the sort of foundational work in my, in my discipline is about, you know, the the mental and physical health benefits of going outside. And, and so I was really glad to hear that he thinks that I, – I think the key messages were as long as you were feeling well, uh, it's pretty safe to go outside as long as everybody you're with is feeling well. Um, and, you know, you might want to keep some distance between you and your companions, but but that overall it was safer than being inside, which I think is, is uh, was good to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And spring is coming and the sun is shining and the sun helps all my sadness go away. So it's really yeah. nice
0: to be able to get outside. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, normally I'd ask you right now what we learned about the Great Lakes. Um, but, you know, with this episode, I don't, some of our usual shtick isn't quite there. But uh, is there something you're taking away from today that uh, you think is good?
1: Um. Yeah, go enjoy the Great Lakes. Go there fishing, go. go hiking, go running along lakeshore. You do
0: you. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah. And so uh, if you're out there, so we're recording this on Friday afternoon, the 20th, um, and we hope to get it out, I don't know, Monday, uh, by Monday. the kind of work that I can do right now is a little bit limited, both because I'm not on campus and because your, you know, my brain is a little bit fried with all this stuff. So my guess is we'll be releasing a few more episodes of this monthly podcast uh, in March. So uh, please go ahead and tune in. You can uh, view the show notes for this page at uh, Teach Me About the Great Lakes slash. Uh, we'll go with five. Teach Me About the Great Lakes dot com slash five, and you'll see the show notes with links to more information. Uh, you know, stay subscribed to the feed or follow us uh, on social media. Uh, hope what's the main feed. I always forget.
1: I I C org is our website. And then our social media handlers are I L I N as in Illinois, Indiana C grant.
0: There we go. So go to I L I N C grant on Twitter or probably Facebook. Uh, or and you can follow the show or Instagram. You can go to our Insta and uh, do that. <laughs> you can tell that you're old by the way you say. Insta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boost us on Insta at Grant. Oh <laughs> and you can also go to the uh, show. We only have a Twitter on the show. It's uh, Teach Greatly. So go there. Till then, everybody, uh, let's be good to each other. Let's be safe. Let's be careful. And uh, let's get through this together. Yeah, stay
1: safe. Wash your hands. <laughs>
0: One last question I wanted to ask from a friend of mine, but it did one appropriate for the show. They'd like to host litter cleanups, like isolated litter cleanups, like everybody pick up a bag. Is there a reason to be worried about like litter on the side of the road in terms of it be transmitting the virus?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I think uh, there's other stuff in litter that might run run you afoul of some enteric infections and things like that. But But um, no, I I can't think of why that should be curtailed. You know, again, you should wash your hands.
0: after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great.
1: Since we're all stuck inside now and a lot of people are watching way more movies and reading way more books than normal, what are your favorite movies and books? One of each.
2: I did read one book recently that I think is a masterpiece um, that I would like to recommend to your readers. And it's it's good because, you know, one of the things that's driving me crazy is that base, baseball won't be happening and right. my beloved March Madness is not very mad this year at all. <laughs> so this is, I guess you could call it a sports book, but like all great sports books, it's so much more than a sports book. And it's this uh, book called um, Bear Town by Frederick Bachman. You might have heard of another book he wrote, A Man Called Ova. Um, and that was a movie as well. Huh. I just think this book is magnificent. It's a it's a story of a small town in Sweden where the whole social life and fabric of the of the town is built around their ice hockey team. Hmm.
1: Cool. Just, I, <laughs> Thanks for that. And if you're missing your, um, do you do brackets for March Madness? Because if oh. you're missing that, we have one about plants instead. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to teach people about native plants, and everybody gets to fill out a bracket and see which plants win. And <laughs>
2: what? How do? You, what criteria do you use to judge whether? Um,
1: it's all based on social media. So we're going to teach people about the two plants that are you know kind of competing against one another that day, and then whichever one gets the most likes or comments or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how it works, <laughs> but it's all going to be based on people's votes
2: um Great. that sounds I'd, i'm in
1: <laughs> awesome i will send you the info <laughs> you no
2: know, i am i'm i'm really feeling i've felt recently that i should um increase my botany awareness because <laughs> uh, i i read a, a book called overstory which incidentally is another book. I mean,
1: i've heard that it's so good
2: that is so good that book um uh And um, it's the overstory that it's referring to is the canopy of trees and it's about forests. And, and, you know, uh, before I read this book, I had this sort of negative opinion about tree huggers and all that. And after reading this book, I'm, I've become a full fledged tree hugger, you know, like (laughs) uh, anyway, it's, it's this marvelous, marvelous book. And I would also recommend it to, to your readers and it also teaches a lot about forests and how trees communicate with each other as weird as that sounds. And, huh. um, and, um, anyway, I, I just loved it. So another thing to maybe pick up. Yeah. yeah I, I think thinking thinking. there's a lot
0: of people with a new interest in plants in Illinois, so maybe they should read it. Definitely. Great. Uh, super. Well, this has been really good. Thank you. Uh, we will get it, uh, you know, uh, usually my kids are fried by right now, so I probably won't get it edited until this evening and get it out either this weekend or on Monday. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll email you with a link to it. Is there uh, is there any like, uh, links that you want us to put on websites, uh, social media stuff or
2: no, I, you know, I, I think I'd refer your, your, uh, listenership to, you know, Get your information from reliable sources. Yeah, sure. Me, local health department sources are, are – okay. uh, when you hear Anthony Fauci talk, perk your ears up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. And then um, sometimes after the end credits, I put in little tidbits from like like just this, talking about these books and stuff like that. Do you mind if I include some of that? Uh, you know, it'll be edited or whatever, but, but it isn't, wasn't, it was after we had sort of ended the interview. Would that be okay with you to include oh, or not? Yeah. Either is fine.
2: That'd be awesome. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I right offhand. I can't remember who wrote the overstory, but I'll link to it. That's
0: fine. I'll look it up on Amazon and then, uh, and then uh, we'll put a link right there.
2: Maybe Richard Powers. Anyway, you'll look it up. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate it and I appreciate the hard work you're doing on behalf of everybody. And uh, I hope you get some sleep sometime.
2: Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. It's a, It was really one of the nicest breaks I had. Okay. <laughs> well good. Thank, thank you for that, and uh, you guys be safe, okay?
0: Yep, you too. Thank you.